Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and that there is a freshly vacated and relaxed Nikki Kinzer. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. You, you look all, uh, you, you've got a post-vacation glow. I do. I have a little bit you of get some tan. Sun? You get some good sun. I got some sand or some sand. <laughs> I got some sun in Arizona where there's like rocks, not a lot of sand, just a lot of rocks. But yeah, it was great. It was beautiful. I have a, I, I've got a, a buddy, another podcast buddy who works down there and he tells me things out of the blue. He says things like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be running a little bit late. I have to vacuum my lawn, which is not a lawn because it's rocks. And he has to. Yeah, it's that's a thing I don't do. No, and the lawn there is fake. If you do see any lawn, it's fake. It's just a whole different way of living that I'm deeply unaccustomed to. We were staying with my parents who are in a 55 and older oh, like, resort yeah. type of place. And um, it was pretty funny. I Yeah, it was cute. <laughs> These little old people are so cute. Old people are the best. <laughs> They're so sweet. <laughs> They're so sweet. Uh, um, but yeah, but I did actually want to do a shout out to Chrissy because she is one of my mom's friends, my mom and dad's friends. And she's a listener of our podcast. And I met her. And that was really Hello, great Chrissy. to actually, yeah, to meet somebody that listens to us. And, you know, so that That's was fantastic. Fun. And now I'm back yeah. in Oregon where it's cloudy. <laughs> so I'm hoping spring comes quickly. Yes, I am. Uh, I We're here. I mean, this week was gorgeous. It was short sleeve weather. And so we're we're here. Here's hoping we have a uh, we have an easy transition. So we are yeah. we're talking all about mind mapping today. This has been hot in the discord channel. And you came back from spring break and saw that and jumped right in. I switched topics and everything. You did. I love it. It's great. It is. Uh, uh, it's it's a, always a great opportunity to step back and talk about something that I'm personally a fan of and uh, technology that I use that I don't I don't think we you know, we, we've talked about it in the past and a long, long time ago. It's been too long. Uh, before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list, and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. And, you know, I don't talk about this. You also can find the show in any of the big podcast directories. We're pretty much everywhere. Uh, and there are some new ones that are always popping up. So I, I think the newest one that I'm starting to see show up in our analytics is Radio Public, which is a, a lovely little podcast app. And uh, that is one that actually does support us monetarily. So I want to say that up front. When you listen to it, they just run house ads, uh, their own ads, in the feed, so between shows. So you'll listen to the show, and then you'll hear a radio public ad, a short ad, and then you'll hear another show. And if you listen to that ad, that sends us like two cents. Huh, two cents. That's, That's per awesome. listen. So, Hey, two cents. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about it, but one of the things I like is the people behind it are, are quality people, and they love podcasting. And this was an app that was purchased by a, kind of a consortium of um, the podcast networks. That, uh, And I think they're, they're working hard to do good things. So if you are looking for a podcast app, if you're not deep into iTunes or uh, st- uh, 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 Spotify, uh, you know, check out Radio Public. It's a fine little app, and, and it does, you know, disclosure, support the show monetarily directly. So that's it. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. We start out with a question 
The first question is from Jennifer, uh, and Jennifer uh, writes us, uh, she says, great podcast on students and studying. I have another question along the same lines. Any advice on taking standardized tests, specifically the praxis for teachers? It isn't the same as having a class on one subject with one book and one professor and one studying guide. Thanks. Do you know anything about the praxis exam? I know I know nothing and I feel bad because I would love to be a resource for her but I am not one. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know um I just yeah, don't know. It, it, the, so the Praxis tests uh, that it measures teacher candidates knowledge and skills. That's what the the Praxis is. So you'll take a subject assessment uh if you want to become a teacher if you're going to be a social studies teacher and you'll take, you know, a, a praxis exam in social studies. Exactly. A and there's a, studies. you know, there's a praxis yeah. core that that is, you know, how well do you know the skills for like math and reading and writing and, um, you know, they're comprehensive assessments, right, for for skills and presentation mm-hmm. of for teachers and prep for teachers. And uh, so I, I would say, uh I I know of the exam. I know as a spouse of somebody who is working in the schools that I I know what they are. But our focus generally here is is pretty much on the student experience. So, um, but I would say from a standardized testing perspective, anything when we're talking about standardized tests, those um, you know the the same rules apply, right? Because it's not about the content that you're taking the test on. It's the it's the the way your brain works when approached by uh, standardized testing environment. And so, um, you know, I think all of the same uh, kind of rules of the road uh, apply uh, that you would when you're prepping for the SAT or the ACT or the GRE or the GMAT, whatever it is. For example, I had a a student that I was working with who was, um, well, actually, she was applying for law school. So it was just a test that she was, you know, prepping for. And I know that she had different um, resources that she did go to and read and listen and listen to and and watch, you know, to help her prepare Mm -hmm. for the LSAT. Um, So I don't know if that is available. And that's probably what I would look into is, is there you know, specific resources to help you prep for these things. I just yeah, don't know. I know. We're, we're not great resources for that. But uh, at least, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I just wanted to get that out there. And thank you so much, Jennifer, for writing. Uh, we really appreciate it. And glad to have teachers listening. More teachers should listen because I know we yeah. you know, create better informed classrooms. We appreciate we so teachers. Deeply, yeah, we deeply appreciate teachers and what they do. So uh, that's the first one. The second Absolutely. one is from Robert. So this is first half of the question from Robert. And Robert mm-hmm. says, anyway, on the last podcast, ADHD students, our favorite strategies, you go over various techniques. One which was taught to me in junior high school was SQ3R, which is what I believe you were alluding to. I'm curious why you didn't outright say that acronym, i.e., is that way too much for us ADDers? And what you're suggesting is a scaled down version? Um, I'm going to say no. no to all of the above. It was not our intention to leave anything out. In fact, uh, I just don't think SQ3R is uh, is as maybe as widely um, a known acronym as you might think it is. Uh, in fact, I had heard it, but I asked around and nobody that I asked in my little neighborhood group had ever heard of SQ3R. Uh, and so... I had never heard of it. 
You've never heard of it. No. So I definitely was not alluding to it because yeah, I, I didn't know. I had to look it up and see what it, it what it was. And just so people out there that don't know what it is, it's uh, it's basically five steps to um, helping you comprehend mm-hmm. what you're reading. The first one is survey. Second is question. Third is read. Four is recite and five is review. So I think that what he's what the similarities are that he's that he's saying or seeing, excuse me, is, you know, the survey was me talking about going through the chapter and skimming it first. Right. Looking at the headlines, looking at the bold italics, you know, what what what's screaming out at you? And then the question Step number two is that questions at the end, you know, what questions are being asked? What are the key points to the to the chapter? Um, so I think it's very similar to what I was talking about. But and it's and this sounds like a great method, I but it was not anything that I was. Well, and, to, and so, interestingly, I think, um, you know, as I, I talk to my kids about it, my kids who are, you know, through junior high school for the most part and, uh, you know, one almost through high school, if they'd ever heard of it, they have never heard of it. And that's mostly because I think the state curriculum here, at least, has moved on from that approach. And they're deeply invested in Cornell Notes, which has a similar sort of, of set of, of, of an approach to how you approach information and structuring information around, you know, digesting textbooks and digesting lectures and how you process it on paper. Uh, and so they've kind of moved on and they started Cornell Notes in sixth grade. And so there was the, this this acronym is is, um, you know, it, it, they've moved on to new acronyms. Right. And so, um, you know, it's just another approach. So um, the next question he has is going to lead us right into our main topic. So before we dig into that, I want to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by you, listeners of the ADHD podcast, and most specifically, listeners who've decided to visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast and support us with your hard-earned dollars. It is those dollars that help to keep us uh, afloat every single month. It is those dollars that pay for hosting, pays for the equipment, pays for transmission of bits uh, across the internet to make sure it reaches you anywhere you are around the world. It pays directly for transcriptions, complete transcriptions that are now brought to you by uh, patrons who are supporting the show uh, every single week. So we deeply appreciate your willingness to jump in, to support the show, to be a part of this fantastic community. What you get in return, you you get more of this show. You are fueling the long-term production of the ADHD podcast to act hopefully as a resource to those who are living with ADHD for the rest of their lives. That's what we, we have big ambitions. Uh, But you also get to join the ADHD Discord chat server. We have chat channel rooms for all kinds of wonderful topics from Medicaid to uh, just ADHD support and accountability and uh, the, the community has brought to, uh, brought about live study halls and book groups and, and it, it has just become an incredible resource uh, and, and a source of great joy, I know, every time I jump in that group. So uh, thank you to those who support us via Patreon and thank you in advance to those who have yet to do so. Well, we look forward to welcoming you to the group. Nikki Kinzer, we need to talk about mind mapping. So this was another question from Robert. He had asked uh, why I hadn't mentioned the use of a mind map. And um, 
he asked this because he was not sure if he was using the mind map correctly. Um, an example, taking notes on everything and my branches tend to, or he's taking notes on everything and his branches tend to have paragraphs and aren't well organized. Uh, I'd, lo- I'd love it if you guys could talk about this aspect of mind maps on the show. And um, first of all, I agree, Robert, this is a great strategy. Um and there wasn't really any specific reason why I didn't put it into the strategies before. It's just that I, um, you know, due to time, <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm going to pick my favorite ones. Um, but yeah. this is also a really great one. It's so great that it actually deserves. It does its deserve own its own show. And I think he's, he has a, a great point. And I think that's part of the sort of commentary that we ended up with, um, you know, in the Discord group, which was, about, you know, about, am I doing this right? Is this the, am I approaching mind right. maps right? And I think it merits going back a little bit to, you know, the conversations that we've had uh, in in part on this show about why mind maps? What What's a mind map all about? What is it, How how does it actually help you? So I think it'd be great for us to start with what the definition of mind mapping is. Uh, it is a way to organize your ideas, your thoughts, get them out of your head and onto some kind of visual mm-hmm. diagram. Uh, it's a very nonlinear way of, of uh, getting to the point of, you know, basically brainstorming, which is ADHD friendly, right? Because a lot of people don't think of things linear. They don't want to just have a list of things. They want to be able to branch out. Um, So mind mapping is great for that. Uh, It's great for starting a new project because again, it can give you that that, uh, space to just brainstorm and think about things, breaking projects down into smaller steps, prioritizing, you know, what's most important to what's not important or Mm -hmm. not as important. Now, because we're a podcast, I thought that I would give you more of a visual of what a mind map is. And I'm sure you'll put something in the show notes, too, that will show mm-hmm. show it. But if you think of a tree and then you think, OK, so the tree is the main idea or the title of the project. And then you've got these little branches that are coming out of the tree. And then you've got these little twigs that are coming out of the branch. Right. Right. right? So I actually mind mapped this show and my participation in it. And so uh, for those in the YouTube live stream, for our our, uh, members in the YouTube live stream, you can see my mind map. And it starts with this central node that I call simply mind mapping. Mind mapping. And off of that node, I have uh, six different branches that take us into new areas. So now this is, I know, not the same as the, the example you wanted to talk to, but at least you can see as you're talking how the branches and twigs and figs and berries work well because some people would say that the tree mm-hmm. is the brain and then you've got the little branches coming out of the i mean there's a lot of different ways you can do it's like this. a neuron right it's a neuron in the brain right yeah so just to kind of also take that example a little bit further i'm going to use the project of organizing your home as the tree right? Or as the brain. So that's the general category is I'm going to be organizing my home. A branch would be organizing the kitchen because that's kind of a subcategory. That's a, a one specific area of organizing my home. And then a twig could be organizing the pantry. And then another twig could be purge pots and pans. So you see how I'm breaking down organizing home to organizing kitchen to pantry mm-hmm. and to pots and pans. 
So I'm hoping that that kind of gives people a visual of how that might work. It's one of those things that I think is uh, incredibly useful for organizing information the way the brain works. Uh, and and that's really important. When you start with this nodal idea, it, it's it, it is you know we we talked about how it's an it, it reminds you of a neuron. You want to attach to the brain the way the brain is going to store information, and the brain does not remember paragraphs. The brain does absolutely does not remember entire long strings of words that are tied together. The brain remembers images. It remembers sense information. Remember, smells and sounds or sounds like information, and it absolutely remembers pictures. And in fact, there was this there's wonderful study that uh, that I stumbled on this morning uh, when talking about respondents who, had, who were asked to look at over 2000 pictures for 10 seconds each. So it takes three days for these respondents to watch, look at all of these photos, one after another, after another, after another. And at the end, they're given a side-by-side comparison. One, a picture that they had seen in this, uh, in this you know, experiment. And one was a photo that they had never seen. So they're looking at over 2,000 photos and they have to now discern after only seeing the picture for 10 seconds, have I seen that before or have I not? And the response rate was incredible. 85 to 90% success rate for uh, individuals picking the right picture each time. So the survey, uh, the uh, researchers said, hey, we're doing this wrong, definitely. So we're going to reduce the time on each photo to one second. So you are looking at 2,000 photos for one second each, and then you're asked to compare side by side. One you have seen, one you haven't. Which one's right? Same results. The brain lives and works in images. That's how we process information. It is so critically important that you engage that side of your brain, that side of your sort of creative output, and that's what a a mind map does. So you both have a visual, like an image of information. That's the mind map. And within the mind map, you can use images, you can sketch, you can draw little figures, right? Those things help you remember more clearly. So, which 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 is really one of the reasons that it's so ADHD friendly, right? Because if you are connecting why this is an ADHD friendly strategy, that is definitely one of the reasons is the visual component of it, the nonlinear component of it. Um, and I do think it stimulates that creativity, right? Like you said, it, it has the uh, it, it, it's. Um, open to whatever you want it to be, you know, whether it's a symbol or whatever. So it engages you in breaking the project down. And if we look at with ADHD, if you're not engaged in something, it's not going to be as interesting and it'll be easier to avoid. So if this gives you some kind of way to engage yourself and make it a little bit more interesting, that's a really positive thing. Much more fun to do. You know, I'll tell you, it's really funny. You talk about that creative approach. Here's another study. A child, uh, children were asked to look at a photo of some paper clips. And I'll tell you, I found this in Tony Buzan's uh, TED Talk that was fairly recent. Uh, and Tony Buzan is the guy who founded, who kind of, uh, he's the the inventor, let's so to speak, the uh, of mind yeah. mapping, right? He's a British psychologist. Yeah. And and uh, he's he says, you know, these kids were asked to come up with four, cre- or no, sorry, not four, he, these kids were asked to come up with creative things you could do with and then show a picture. And so in this picture is, say, paper clips. And it's a little stack of some paper clips. And he would show the uh, uh, 
page of responses in list form, right? So the kids were just asked to make a list of the things you could do with paper clips. And there are like four lines of things you could do with paper clips. And mm-hmm. then they teach the kids how to mind map and say, here's a picture of another thing. Give me a creative idea of ways you could use a rubber band. And he shows the mind map and it's explosive, right? It is just connection after connection after connection of things you can do with a rubber band, 22 new creative ideas in the same context, same experiment, same kids, right? I mean, this is just, this is just, or same age group of kids, not obviously the same specific children. This is what he calls radiant thinking, right? The brain works in images, it works in connections, right? An idea connected to an idea connected to an idea, a word connected to a word or phrase connected to a word or phrase. And uh, that, again, helps you retain and integrate information into your into your um, uh, body of knowledge. Fascinating, right? I mean, it's just fascinating. It is fascinating. It it really makes the case of why this is important, you know, in all aspects, because that's the thing is you can do mind mapping in any kind for any reason, right? You can do it for education. You can do it for business. You can do, do it, it for, for your podcast personal prep. life, you know, whether you're <laughs> podcast prepping, you know, going on a vacation prepping. I mean, whatever it is, it's so versatile. So I think that that, you know, you're just building more of a case of why it's important, especially with the education piece of it, too. And and think about it in terms when you approach a, a mind map to be able to look at it and say, OK, this thing that I'm doing here, my objective is to make connections between new things that I'm learning and things that I already understand. Right. That's integration. That's integrative learning. And that's why a mind map can be so, so important. Well, and I just want to add one more thing on the ADHD um, piece of it, too, is that when you mind map, whatever it is, you're reducing that mental clutter, right? Because it's it's a plan. It's something that's in front of you. And then you don't have to rely on your memory because, you know, one of the biggest fears is that you're going to forget something. You're going to forget a task or you're going to forget some, you know, important role that somebody has to do or whatever. So this really does help you. Um, with that working memory and being able to put everything down on paper. So again, just a really friendly ADHD way, I think, of um, planning and learning. I want to just go over a couple other things too, as far as how it benefits people. Um, Definitely helps you see a big picture, right? Sometimes we can't see the big picture or sometimes we focus so much on the big picture, we don't see the small steps. So it actually makes you kind of see both. Um, can definitely help with clarity of your goals and action steps. If you're confused and you're not really sure what it is that the end result is, this can give you that opportunity to do that. Uh, what? Where have you used mind mapping? Apart from this morning, just today for this show. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. yeah you know, I use it for I use it all the time for that kind of preparation. I use it to um, I, I actually have a massive mind map that uh, defines or or illustrates the entire network of all of my freelance activity from client work to creative work to podcast to design to all of the stuff that I do photography all of the like where where does Pete make a living and and so you yeah. have like Pete right is in the middle and what then are you my have lines of business categories. and within those lines of my activity right you know what are the the sub projects that I'm involved on and I keep that you know I I I should do that. I keep that as a running mind map of everything I do. And so it always keeps me, you know, fresh. It keeps my activity fresh. So apart from any time I'm trying to, you know, digest something new, whether it's a book or a, uh, you know, an 
I always do it for uh, a keep a quick mind map sketch of of books and important key points of books that are like nonfiction. Uh, I'm I'm reading Wheat Belly right now, which is on the the way wheat has changed over generations, and it's fascinating. I'm learning a ton, so I have a little mind map in uh, you know in my tool of choice. And- that is such a great idea. Yeah. You just gave me an aha moment. Good. Because how many times do you read a nonfiction book? And especially when it's um when it's in the you know, it's in your iPad, right? It's a digital book. And I'll highlight and I'll put things, you know, I'll put little notes in there and stuff. But that is such a great idea because now I could actually feel like I'm doing more with it. Like having that mind map of these are the key things I want to work on. These are the key things that I want to remember. I love that. I'm going to do that. It's really fun. And especially, you know, I love the way you can share quotes in the Kindle version of these apps because you can you can highlight stuff and then you can export your your highlights, right? And you can share them. And then I share them and I'm, I can either, you know, copy and paste them or take screenshots of them and put them actually in the mind map around key yeah, things that great. I, I want to keep up with. And so this is stuff that I'm I'm going to be using to help build a, a life plan. I want to be able to integrate it into the way into my health and and fitness. And so it's important to me to keep to, to be able to integrate new information. So that's big. Um, that's absolutely one that I that I do. So I'm I'm in mind maps every week. Right. Well, I want to give a couple of examples of, of clients that I've worked with that used uh, mind maps. One was a business owner. She uh, was a contractor. And so she wanted to market her business. And so we worked on uh, creating a mind map. And hers was very um, simple in the sense that it wasn't... And I know you're going to get into tools here in a second. It wasn't a program. Um, it was basically just paper on a wall with sticky notes. And she was able to move things around as she needed to. And that's how I've used mind mapping is when I've done launches for my online courses, I've used these big pieces of paper with sticky notes that kind of, you know, branch out and everything. Um, But yeah, she had the different pieces of of marketing and how she was going to do it, who she was going to contact, all this different stuff. Um, Another uh, example that I have is a professor who was outlining her next course. And so this yep. worked out really well because she knew what the course was and, uh, you know, she wanted to make sure these key points were there, what tests or exams were going to happen, how was she going to do the weekly assignments. And that was a way for her to really um, see this course as a whole and be able to break that down um, the way that she needed to. So it's it's definitely very helpful. Very helpful. And that's, I, you know, I'm not teaching right now, but that's absolutely another context that I've used uh, mind maps is uh, is building out courses um, from marketing to PR to pop culture. Uh, I've got mind maps that explore the, the concept. So. so question for you, we can go in and talk about the you know he mentioned using paragraphs for his branches and he also talked about organizing the mind map um or do you want to talk about tools first before we go into that i do i i do want to talk about tools first yeah. and i think there's a there's a you know we've got there are so many fine web tools i use uh my mindnode and i've tried a number of mobile uh tools um uh, you know mindnode actually is fantastic on ipad and you know you can look at your mind maps on on the phone but what i have found is is that, it also on the computer i assume yeah mindnode right. is is on the computer and okay. and so and and other tools for example coggle 
Coggle is a very basic and quick way to bring a mind map up. Coggle.it. Coggle it. C-O-G-G-L-E dot I-T. Go check out Coggle it. And you can create a new mind map for free like that. It's very easy. Mindly is another one. That's one of the ones that I was talking about that has a, a very strange sort of, um, of interface that is, it's really cool. They've taken a completely new approach to to fixing design on the mind map with these beautiful circles and colors, and it's it's bananas. So that's uh, that's Mindly. iMindMap is another one. I know we've got some people testing MindMeister uh, in the um, uh, in the group that are uh, having some fun with that. It's got a lot of wonderful um, tools built into it. Um, and then uh, MindNote is the one I use. But I'll tell you. What I have found since the last time we have done uh, uh, any conversation about mind mapping is that I went back to my digital uh, note, like scribble tool, and that for me is notability. And I have found that my mind maps are much more effective when I'm making just quick like mind maps that I want to be able to um, engage that part of my brain where I have the very best kind of retention and integration, I want to do it by hand. And I find I'm more effective. And it's sure it's messy. Great. It's probably not something I'm ever going to present with. I don't want other people to be peeping at it before I go in and and move it into mind map or into my um, uh, mind node uh, and polish it up. But for me to quickly integrate new information, I, I just go back to doing it by hand, do it on blank, paper, have lots of colors, people think in colors, build radially, do it manually. And I think, um, you know, I think you end up with with something that'll help you with retention more than starting with the digital tool. Um, I, I do the digital tool this morning because I'm outlining a, a, a podcast very quickly and I know the keyboard shortcuts inside and out. And so it's easy for me to just blast one out. But, um, you know, when I'm really trying to learn something, yeah. Do it by hand. Pen and paper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and again, I think that that's the that's the great thing about this tool is that you can you can do it by pen and paper and then put it into a program if you want it, you know, or go straight to the program or just like I did with the sticky notes. I mean, there's just so many different ways to do it. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of finding what works for you in the context of what you're working on, too. Um you know, it may make more sense to have something that's more just on the computer if you're sharing it with other people, you know, or whatever. But right. simplicity is at mm-hmm. its best. <laughs> All right. So he did mention uh, putting a lot of paragraphs, putting a lot of words onto his uh, his branches. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I My thoughts are, please don't do that. Um <laughs> That, you know, and for a number of reasons, it, health and sanity, mostly right. like you just you can't write as fast as you need to uh, digest information. And mind maps are not designed for that. They're just not designed for that. And I think that um, I, I think that we get spoiled by digital tools. God, I can't believe I'm the one who's saying this. I think <laughs> we get spoiled by digital tools because we copy and paste text right. as, as, and create a mind map that's more of a, a knowledge resource, which is which yeah. is fine. Fine for for whatever it is, but if you're trying to learn something, you are better served by coming up with the keyword that attaches to your brain. Mm-hmm. What is the keyword that is most meaningful for you? Right? Is it it needs to be meaningful for you to make that connection to stuff you already know? And um, we, I think, the digital tool, starting with a digital tool, it obfuscates the learning process 
uh, that mind maps were intended to mm-hmm. cultivate. So mm-hmm. we work in our brains work in very short phrases, key words, colors, short, 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 connect ideas, don't connect whole paragraphs. You're not going to remember a whole paragraph. Yes, I so. agree. And actually, when I did some research on mind maps, um, prior to our recording, everybody said the same thing. It should be short sentences, short sentences, um, you know, one words, whatever. Questions, um, lots of question marks. Like, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you propose questions? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's practicing too. I mean, if this isn't working for you, which I, I don't know if it is or isn't, I'm assuming that it probably doesn't if he's asking the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, try try it with less and see if you like that better. Experiment, you know, trial and error. Um, I think, you know, there isn't any right or wrong way to do this. You just have to make it work for you. So definitely keep trying. Yeah. I think, you know, when we started talking about uh, executive functioning some years ago, right? I mean, this was this was all, an, an, a, you know, in an effort to figure out how to manage the the sort of way you think about thinking, right? Met- metacognitive mm-hmm. exploration. And um, a, a mind map is a, is a key tool in helping you manage your own executive functioning right mm-hmm. excesses right you're managing right. the brain and and it allows you to attack to um explore you know your memory your retention your integration through all your different sort of intelligences as tony buzan calls them your multiple intelligences physical mental emotional sensate aural right what you hear all of those different things can be attached here if you just focus on coming up with keywords that identify what you're trying to to connect to. Right. Really powerful stuff. So what is your thoughts on the organization? Like, you know, how do you decide what the branches subcategory is going to be? Or, yeah, I mean, just curious, because he said that it, it seems like it's disorganized. So what do you think about that? Well, I don't give that as I, I'm not stressed about that as much as I, I think some, especially in the beginning, right? When you right, first are approaching yeah, a, a book. You'll know. I, I feel like at least with a little bit of practice, you can start to to build that the muscle of intuition, right? That says, "Oh, okay." So the things that I want to get out of this chapter are, and and you can start making those as keyword branches off of your main topic, right? And um, from there, um, you know, the topics and and branches are the things that you want to that you want to integrate into your own learning your own understanding you don't have to take notes on every single thing and what you find is uh as you take as you start to document in the mind map the things that are most important to you, the connections to other things that that were sort of drive-by uh, acquaintances to that particular topic that you read in the book, they will stick to, right? They'll stick to because you've put a mile marker on your mile map on, on your uh, mind map that says, you know, remember this thing, uh, and you'll start remembering the orbit of important association associated ideas in this case you know i uh, my mind map it starts with mind mapping and i have one branch that says resources and those resources are the articles that uh, the individuals first of all that uh, let's say tony buzan the founder of mind mapping he's one 
uh, one branch off of resources. And then I have a number of branches off of that that show me uh, the different videos and articles that he's written that mm-hmm. support mind mapping. And so that you just sort of drill down and it feels it, it can start to feel like an outline first. Right. And that's because we're familiar with outlines. And from there you realize, oh, wow, my creative juices are flowing and I'm going to start really exploring other keywords and things that I want to ingest from this mm-hmm. piece of material and and let yourself do it. It's mm-hmm. a creative exercise. Let yourself be creative, mm-hmm. not just a documentarian. Right. I like that. Well, be I think letting yourself be creative and and being okay with it not being perfect. Mess, uh, perfect. Yeah. I mean, let it be messy. Yeah, let it be messy if you need to take stuff out or you need to add stuff or you need to move things, um, you know, do it. It's okay cuz this is for you. It is for you. So you got to find something um that's going to work for you and how you're going to re- remember and retain the information. So if right. it's too broad, then make it more specific. If it's too specific, then make it more broad. Like just keep experimenting with it. That's mind mapping. That's mind mapping. How do we do? You feel good? Yeah, I think it's great. I do too. I love this tool. It's a fun topic to uh, explore and a good reminder, uh, you know, even for me as we go through this process as somebody who mind maps pretty regularly, it's, it's a good reminder of, you know, when I let my things get out of hand, let my, my nodes get out of hand, uh, it's good to be able to go back and and flesh those out. So thank you everybody for uh, downloading and listening to this week's show. We sure appreciate your time and your attention on behalf of Nikki Kinzer and all of our fantastic guests who wrote in with questions. uh, We sure appreciate your time and attention. We'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm -hmm.